Welcome back, everyone. Sorry about the no episode last week. I had COVID and was basically just hibernating for a week. This is queer halftime. My mostly COVID free self is named Becca. What? I was trying to make a joke. Didn't work. I'm Becca. You, she, they. I'm here with Kelsey, who is manifesting fall. Yeah, I'm in plaid and jeans because it's windy outside and kind of chilly, even though it's only August 2nd. Um, I am over summer. Apologies yeah. to all of you that love summer. I am manifesting snow, basically, right now. <laughs> Ready for Christmas! Yeah, I've never been a summer person. I will never be a summer person. Um, and yeah, also very excited for like September. And It's also, we have group tonight and you'd think it's really hot and it is really hot with a bunch of kids in that space. But sometimes it's also very cold because mm, I'm convinced yeah. we're the only part of the entire building that gets AC. Yeah, well, because we overcorrect for all the, the body heat by just cranking mm. our AC like crazy it's true it's true anyways hello hello so hey remember when we used to do a concept of the week and then I couldn't think of one every week so we just kind of stopped so this whole episode is going to be kind of concepts of the week because we get this a lot and I want to talk about it so a lot of people get confused about sex sexuality gender and like expression so we're going to kind of talk about the differences. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense because like sexual identity and sexual orientation are two very like, you know, like are two different things and like gender identity and sexual orientation are two different things. And everybody always seems to think that those things go hand in hand and they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it. So there is a wonderful image um, called the genderbred man or the genderbred person. Um, and it kind of shows a little map of like, you know, sex is like in your, your chromosomes. It's what's in your pants. Um, gender identity is like up in your head and there's like who you're attracted to is in your heart. It's very sweet. So yeah, I don't know, Kelsey, what does gender mean to you? I'm going to be very like asking the hard questions. We we're at this um, thing at a school before summer hit. Um, and we were asked a question. I don't know if it was both of us. I think it was. I can't even remember. Um, yeah, it was both of us because I remember the school. Um, so, and we were asked a question that kind of like, because we were explaining gender and mm-hmm. sex. And we were talking about how like sex is biological right like sex is anatomical like you have sexual sex organs like it's kind of like sex is kind of more what's in your pants gender is more how you feel as a person Mm -hmm. and who you are on the inside and how and how you kind of like gender influences how you maneuver the world Mm -hmm. and sometimes your gender and your sex can align right and that would make you cisgender because wow like it's the same like you're the gender that you feel in your heart matches what's in your pants but then there's some people like myself who don't that those things don't intertwine um and what's in your pants either 
like a lot of times it still does influence how you kind of perceive the world, but, and how the world perceives you. But the best way that I can describe it is like gender. It's really, it's kind of, it's hard because it's like, nebulous yeah it's your perception of who you are yeah like you know it's kind of like and it's all independent but when we talk about this I'm reminded of this question that we got asked at this workshop that we did um and it was people talk about gender assigned at birth right like Mm -hmm. I was assigned whatever gender at birth do you remember the question yeah and the person was like well shouldn't it be or no we were talking about sex assigned at birth and they were like shouldn't it be gender assigned at birth because sex is like biological and it's what's in your pants pretty much. And like the sexual organs that you have that make up your anatomical sex. But when we are saying that somebody's born as a boy, what we're assigning them is gender. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like we say the word sex assigned at birth, but is it really gender assigned at birth that we're thinking of? Like, cause, and that's kind of like the best way that I can, describe the difference between gender and sex too is like one yeah. can be one is assigned at birth and one is anatomical you know mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah 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 it's really gender is complicated and it's, it's one of so the many binaries that we force on children needlessly <laughs> yeah but yeah sex is determined by chromosomes gender is how you feel about yourself and express yourself and then sexuality is who you are attracted to Mm -hmm. it's kind of the breakdown um and I wanted to emphasize the difference between gender and sexuality because I think a lot of parents get confused they're like my child's so young how are they you know old enough to figure this out I'm like Granted, they're a little young to know all the ins and outs of their sexuality. Like some kids know from a very young age, like, oh, I'm gay or, you know, Mm -hmm. but some kids sexuality is very fluid and they figure it out kind of as they're teenagers and things like that. But kids have a solid idea of their gender from an extremely young age. Like, you know, there are studies that say four or five years old and they're like, I am this or I am not this. Um, And it's almost kind of easier as a kid because your brain is still very like, you're very open to new concepts and like is very high level questions. But at the same time, you know, there's the pink aisle with the Barbies and the blue aisle with the Hot Wheels and everything is very, very gendered. And so it's like really easy to see. Totally. And like, it's very much as you think about how like our brains are the most impressionable that at that age and like we're the most who we are as a kid right but we also have like less independence like you know Mm. what I mean like people go and they buy clothes for us when we're young and you think of when you're doing something like that like you buy boys clothes for your son And it almost just never opens the door for them to realize that they don't have to fit that stereotypical Mm -hmm. box that is your son. Like somebody can still be your son and like to wear pink, you know, and Mm -hmm. that doesn't, that doesn't make them less of a boy. It just makes them a person that likes pink. Had the wildest conversation about color with these two small children the other day when I was walking Jester. Um, 
because she's very, very friendly. And so kids see her and come running up like, can we pet your dog? Right. Mm -hmm. And so there was these two kids that were out playing and like, you know how little kids when they're unsupervised do, they'll tell you their whole life story. Um, so this one little girl, she's like, that one's my house with the beautiful flowers. And that's one's his house with the orange door. They don't put out flowers. Like it was this whole thing um, about how her house was prettier. And then they asked if Jester was a boy or a girl. I said, oh, she's a girl. And the little girl was like, yeah, because she's wearing, like she pointed to Jester's purple collar and her pink harness. Um, And it's just because I like pink, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And then the little boy was like, yeah, girls get like pink and purple and boys get like blue and red and stuff. Actually, girls only get a couple colors, but boys get a whole bunch. It's awesome. And I'm like, I don't have the time or energy to get into a whole also with somebody else's children yeah you're like maybe five years old also where are your parents you're five years old running back and forth across the street (laughs) (laughs) and running up to strangers and telling them exactly where you live (laughs) terrifying okay (laughs) but yeah that reminded me of this interesting conversation of this little boy who got all the colors because he was a boy and the little girl only got like two or three And that's so funny because it's like in that position, what do you do? Because you would love to sit there and kind of like deconstruct that with them. But then you're the weirdo on the street that just talked about gender norms to two five-year-olds, right? With no parents around. Those parents, those kids are going to go running in and be like, guess what my new friend taught me? Colors don't matter. And those parents are going to be like, because there is a time and a place to do this education. (laughs) And then sometimes you're just creepy. Yeah, it was one of those conversations where a kid is telling you something and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's it's your like, favorite color? Like, Yeah, totally. And like, you can't, yeah, yeah you can't win them all. <laughs> That's it's like, this is not my place. Things. I don't have the energy. Yeah. yeah. I am but also, yeah. like, I'm not a very femme person. I freaking love pink. I love pink. I know. It, all, pink is great. A lot of things I have in my home office are pink. Nothing that you can see, but like everything that I like carry around with me is like mm-hmm. pink and florally because it's like it's soothing you know so you know it's how like everything a little while ago was like rose gold and like pink mm. and stuff so there's this like phenomenon called like millennial pink and it's like we all rejected it as like tomboys like as mm-hmm. kids and like you don't want to be girly and like not like other girls and like all that other bs that we then hopefully unlearn um, and then you realize pink is awesome. And so everything you buy is pink. And then manufacturers realize this. And we're like, oh, we're going to make pink phones and pink cases. And like, Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I think there's also like a hypnotic type pink too. I remember oh, once reading about a conspiracy yeah, that study. study about Well, the there color. was a study about painting this jail, like Pepto-Bismol pink. And yeah. yeah, I don't remember, but it was wild and like we'll look but... into it and talk to you. We'll talk about it at the next episode. We'll have to remember that'll be our concept of the week next week because there we go. that'll just be like, yeah, because I remember that being like a very interesting mm-hmm. thing. And it's and that's that's the thing, it's just a color, you know. And like, yeah, so many things are put into this. We could do a whole episode on freaking colors. I have lots of thoughts about colors. There's a reason McDonald's if is red yellow. If we do, I'm going to just make so many jokes about that children's hospital who use color theory to make it like more appealing, but it looks like there's trails of blood down the hall. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> red is not a calming color <laughs> like yeah well I so think it was because not... it was vibrant or something no but yeah and then they painted not... it like on the floor in this abstract way but it looked like somebody had like dragged a body down the hallway oh of this hospital <laughs> that's terrifying that's what nightmares are made out of yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah okay so, so... If we're going on this whole gender, sexuality, sexual orientation, mm. sex, like conversation. One thing that I love to talk about in this is we hear a lot of people be like, oh, my kid has several flags. Or we'll see mm. a couple kids at group that will be like, oh, do you have the trans flag? Oh, you don't? Well, that's okay. Cause I'll take the gay flag or like the lesbian yeah. flag or whatever and I find that there's this kind of weird misconception about that that kids are like kind of like whatever about their about their identities mm-hmm. and I one thing that I like to kind of say like kind of talk about is how that's not actually the case and you can have more than one flag Yeah. So that's a question that a lot of people have is like, we'll be going through in our like 101 training sessions, what all the letters mean. And some of them relate to sexuality and some of them relate to gender and people are very confused about why certain things, you know, we'll be talking about sexuality and then we'll get to the T and then it's trans and we're talking about gender and people are like, well, why is this in if this is about, you know, sex and who you're attracted to? This one's about who you are. And it was like, well, it's really in my mind about people who don't fit in, right? With mm-hmm. kind of the idea of the norm. If you're looking at the video, I'm talking a lot with my hands today. I don't mm-hmm. know why I just am. Uh, <laughs> I have points to make, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so it's things that are, you know, not straight, not cis things that basically anybody that doesn't fit into the societal conception of what is acceptable and normal gets welcomed under the umbrella. And now I'm really conscious of how much I'm talking with my hand. I'm gonna. (laughs) Um, And then the one that really confuses people is intersex because that one is neither gender or sexuality. That one is the only one under the rainbow that is about biology, right? That one is about your chromosomes and how that influences, you know, your body and the expression of secondary sex characteristics and primary sex characteristics and totally things like that. And so people, again, are really confused. Why is this one in here? This one's biology. And again, it's people who don't fit and they need a home. So we have welcomed them. And, you know, there's some intersex people don't want to be part of the you know, rainbow community, they don't feel like that's for them. And other people do want to. So we, you know, invite in the ones that do and the ones that don't, it's like all the power to you. And I think that like, I think the way that this acronym just keeps growing, because everybody's like, oh, well, gosh, they're just gonna add every single letter. Like, yeah, probably we will. You know, find a way to shorten it that's acceptable for the community that you are around. And just do that. Um, But if you think of the word queer, like we talk about the queer community as an overhang, and we've done an episode on like what that word means and the history of the word queer and like kind of, did we? we? I don't know. I don't think we have. We've talked about it in trainings. I don't think we have actually talked about it. I don't know though. Who knows? 
I feel like at one point we did at least glaze over it. But anyways, if we didn't, <laughs> um, yeah, the word queer, like by definition, means strange or peculiar. Peculiar. Your God, I cannot peculiar? say that word. Thank you. I can't say no because now you messed it up, and now I'm really like, no, there's no peculiar. extra. Yeah, thank you. There we um, go. So, and it means like out of the norm. So as we reclaimed that word. Yes, the acronym continued to grow. Sorry, somebody's having a medical emergency in my area. It's very inconvenient for the podcast. Um, so <laughs> as the community, like as we reclaimed that word and the community grew, it's like, why would we not welcome everybody that feels like they fit under the queer mm-hmm. term, right? Because like, it makes sense that anybody yeah. that wants to be under here can be because... They, this word has been used against them as well. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people don't like the word queer specifically because of the strange meaning and they're like, I'm not strange, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, and that's totally valid. Um, I prefer to take the view of like, I am different than what is expected and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. Right? I was listening to this podcast today that I listened to called Allyship is a Verb, which mm. I am a queer person that listens to a podcast on queer allyship. And I realized that that's probably weird, um, but it's a no, it's different good. perspective. And I friggin' love that podcast. And one of he or the person that was being interviewed, he was talking about he's an older man that's a member of the queer community. And he really had a hard time using the word queer for a really long time. And um, what he said kind of churned him was he met a lesbian once that was like, look, like the straight community is going to use that word for us no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. Like you may as well embrace it. And I was like, oh, interesting. What an interesting way to look at it. Because it's like, even if you don't personally like it, like it's really like that is going to be a word that people are probably going to use forever. Yeah. And like- and you should be able to say, hey, I'm not comfortable with that word. And you should be around people that would respect that and not use it. However, that's not the reality for most of us in our day to day life. So, yeah, like if somebody, I'm talking to someone and they say, hey, you know, I don't really like that word. It's like, cool, I won't use that word for you. I'm still going to use it for me. Right. Yes. And, then- and you might say, I won't use it, but there's a group of queer youth somewhere that are going to be like well we've reclaimed that so I'm going to use whatever we want right and like that's not always going to be the experience yeah I won't be like this is my queer friend so-and-so who hates the word queer right yeah but kind of going off your thing about language people will try to weaponize any identity Mm -hmm. right like people kind of our age have had I didn't really have the word queer used against me or like grow up with it really but gay was the big one Right. Like for us, it was the F word, which a friend of, yeah, like I have a few gay, like male friends that have reclaimed that word, but I personally, it's not part of that community. Just can't yeah. claim it. Right. So I'm not going to use it. But that was the big slur where I was from. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was, you know, everything, you know, that you don't like or that's stupid or that's you know, whatever so gay. is gay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, it was a really bad thing to be like any guy that did anything even remotely like taking care of himself was like, that's so gay. Mm -hmm. to the point where like metrosexual became a thing Mm. because it was so against the norm to like dress nicely and take care of yourself and like do self-care 
Do you, should we define metrosexual and have a go for it conversation for about it. that? I am torn on this word. Um, so in theory, from my understanding, metrosexual is a straight cisgender man that takes care of himself and participates in like self-care and things like that as a woman would yeah is that roughly that's my view of it too um it's like you know guys that will throw out their jeans when there's a freaking hole in the crotch or like you know that might go and get their like a manicure right like not even paint their nails just like you know get the paraffin do a little self-care or get a facial like I've heard the term facials are so metrosexual and it's like yeah and because that was so weird and against the norm and anything even remotely feminine was gay so they had to create a whole other thing like I'm still straight I'm just metrosexual um yeah. So I'm glad. So that's our opinion on that. And if anybody wants to educate us, please do. Maybe the term has changed and shifted and we need some learning in this world, like since we were in high school. But yeah, it was very much similar when I was in high school. It was similar when my little brother was in high school and he's about your age. So like, I, yeah, like it wasn't a member of the community. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those like straight pride things. It, it very much was like, yeah. Some of the things that these like toxically masculine straight men do are just wild to me. Like I made the joke about throwing out jeans when there's a hole in the crotch. Like, yeah. I literally have male yeah. family members with jeans that like, you can see like their whole underwear and they're like, oh yeah, they're camping jeans. I'm like, throw them out. What are they doing for you? What are they doing for you? They're not protecting yeah. you from anything. You know, <laughs> you're going to get a mosquito bite on your dick. Like, <laughs> can you say gay in the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. We're getting looser on the whole swearing thing as we go. Um, because I care less. <laughs> well, I think, you know why? I think it's and less like dick about caring. Swear. Yeah. But it's also less about caring less. And I think the reason people swear is to get a point across and yeah. we have a lot of points to get across. So apologize. If you are a parent listening, we do not swear this much in front of your child, I swear. But they swear in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, being safe people, it's fun. Oh yeah, the things they will just randomly blurt out of their tiny mouths. So when we talk about, yeah, gender, sexuality, things like that, yeah, when we talk about multiple flags, like some of your kiddos might have 12 flags that fit, Mm -hmm. right? Like some of them are about who you're attracted to. Some of them are about who you are in your gender. And some of them are about who, like how often you are attracted to people, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, or like who you're romantically, like who you want to date versus who you want to sleep with. Totally. Um, and like we talk about yeah. like some kids that would identify with the non-binary flag, the um, Vincian flag, which is the gay male flag, like the men that like men flag. Mm-hmm. Um, some that would also throw in like an asexual flag in there, probably maybe even an aromantic flag. Like that's four right there. And then if that mm-hmm. person 
identifies as non-binary, but also as trans, that's a fifth flag. Um, and then you yeah. add in just the queer flag and that's six. And you know what? It affects you none. So let them have all six of their flags without questioning them. Collect them like Pokemon. Yeah. And it <laughs> makes sense. Like it does make sense because sometimes these flags can't, it, and these definitions don't encompass all of who you are and all of how mm-hmm. you experience a relationship because that's all this is all talking about right it's like how you experience relationships and that's either intimate relationships relationships with the world when you're talking about gender mm-hmm. or like anything under there so like sometimes if you don't feel like you want to have sex but you like to date men and you're a male identifying person like you need two flags, you know, because it's easier to just put up two flags in your bedroom than it is to come out every five seconds about the fact that you might be asexual and you don't want to have sex with somebody. You know? Yeah. This is just fun to collect flags. Yeah. Um, well, just I just have mean, all true. the pride themed house stuff. <laughs> I mean, that also, but also like yeah. there are bigger things to it, right? Like I walk around with non-binary pins on. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to come out as non-binary. Yeah. That's just hundred percent. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like, so we do have some parents of trans kids and they're like, well, I see my kids sexuality changing. I'm really worried that I'm going to put them on hormones or something and their gender is going to change too. Right. And so like I'd say with them, kind of like we've been talking about, you need to you separate those two. No. Like their sexuality is really fluid. They keep changing it. And they're worried that their gender is also going to. But if they're on hormones, wouldn't their gender already be changing? Well, no, like. Oh, you, you're worried about changing back. They're, yeah. Like detransitioning. Yeah. Like these parents are really worried because their kids are minors. They have to make the oh. final call that they are going to make some, you know, mistake. Gotcha. Right. And their like kid I is going <laughs> to. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah. And like we said, just, you have to separate, right? Cause you know, the kids are teenagers, they're figuring out who they like to date and all that. And that's probably going to change a fair bit, but like this kid in particular, but a lot of these kids, like <laughs> that kid's gender is pretty solid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And like most yeah. of, most of them are not at a point where they're going to I don't want to say risk, um, but really though, that is what, like, that is what it is. Most of them are not at a point where they're going to risk you having a bad reaction to a request for something like that, unless they put a lot of thought into it. Like sometimes these reactions go really, really south and they're really, really dangerous. And like kids kind of walk into them, even if you're the best parent in the world, kids hear horror stories about how coming out processes from other kids and some kids do not have a good experience and it's not safe and it's absolutely horrible so even if you're the best parent in the world like your kid is probably terrified if they come Mm -hmm. out to you and they probably like have put a lot of thought into it because they've gone over every scenario in their head oh well that's so it's the thing of like my mom was the first one in my family that I like officially came out to, mm-hmm. even though they all freaking knew anyway. Um, <laughs> but I had this thought, right. Of like, I know she's super accepting. I know it'll be fine, mm-hmm. but you hear those stories of those parents who are super accepting until it's their kid. 
Yeah. Right. And it was just this tiny little voice of what if, right. And I knew it was wrong, but I couldn't get rid of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I did come out and it was fine. And she was like, well, yeah, obviously. Um, (laughs) But yeah, even if you have like the most progressive parent in the world, like there's still that tiny, tiny voice of what if. Mm -hmm. And that's why like we encourage people. If you're like, if you notice that your kid is questioning, if you are sitting in this podcast it's like gonna say sitting in this room but this is my home office so please don't be sitting in this room that would be very weird um but if you're listening to this podcast and you're like I know my kid is gay I'm almost 100% sure that my kid is gonna come out of the closet first off I would encourage you to question why you're you can do that um um and maybe like decompress some of these like stereotypes you have about gay people because just because a kid is flamboyant does not mean they're going to be gay um but also if you think that your kid is like suppressing something it's so easy to be like oh i listened to this really cool podcast about queer people and blah 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 and if you start these conversations and you talk about how you just normalize it, right? These kids may mm-hmm. not feel like they have to come out and you might just open the door for your kid to just come home with somebody of the same sex or somebody of no gender at all someday. And like, yeah, like why do we have to come out? You know, it would be cool if we lived in an age where Johnny could bring home Julie or Jared and nobody, and not have to have a conversation. You know, I don't know any people <laughs> named those things except for my mother-in-law, but I was going to say, I'm yeah. like, you know, a Julie, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like that's not an actual situation, yeah. but like, it yeah. shouldn't have to come out. It should be normal. So the more you normalize these conversations and talking about like, when you see two people on the street that might be gay or that are holding hands or that are obviously in a relationship, like having a conversation about that and being like, wow, like that's really amazing that they feel comfortable to be who they are and like blah, blah, blah. It might just open the door mm-hmm. because a lot of times like there's a lot of fear in the unknown. So if your kiddo doesn't know how you're going to react because you've never shown them how you would react in any other situation involving queer people, um, then that could be a barrier as well right like my mom always says the devil you know is better than the devil you don't yeah and I think that's very applicable in this situation I really love the stories of kids who are like psych themselves up to come out and then they do and then their parents relate some story of them like dating someone of the same gender or something like Mm -hmm. (laughs) when they were younger or something it's like wait what or like the parent is like oh yeah like I'm you know this yeah (laughs) kids like what I have it's very funny I've always had a really like conflicting view about people being like oh I knew you were gay and it's like Mm. okay number one you could have told me is my first thought response I literally shouted that at my best friend yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then also at the same time it's like what does that mean like what about me like tell me list the traits that you went it's, through, it depends that you on the person that it comes from. Yeah. Right. When it came from my parents, I was like, well, that makes sense. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Or like my very best friend. But if someone like at work or something, and I came out and they're like, yeah, we know. Like, and if I had built it up as something or I've been nervous, like that's such a like. Yeah, totally. And yeah. it's, 
sometimes I also feel like it's the situation, right? So if you're listening mm -hmm. to this and somebody's coming out to you or in the process of it, or you think it's about to happen, maybe think twice on how you react. But I always think it's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like, it almost feels like it diminishes how big it is mm -hmm. to me. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, I'm gay. And it's like, oh, well, we already knew. It's like, oh, <laughs> like think about if you were trying to announce your pregnancy. You know, think about being like, I'm pregnant. Nobody knows. I'm going to go to this dinner and I'm going to announce the fact that I'm pregnant and you get there and everybody knows. It's like, well, what's the, I should have just stayed at home. What was the point of the dinner? You know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, like the most appropriate response to somebody coming out regarding sexuality or gender or identity or anything is like thank you for sharing that with me but yeah, it's affirmation from there yeah like you know if it's a parent like you know thank you i love you exactly you're like affirm them because that's what they're looking for and my favorite are the parents who are like i was so sure my kid was going to come out gay i was ready for it and then they came out and they were trans <laughs> and they had like the parent had no idea mm -hmm. and this is it's like jokes so on you so and here's another thing because we talk about gender and sexuality this is one of my favorite topics mm -hmm. of the world i don't know if you've noticed um if your kid is assigned male at birth transitions to female and dates men your kid is not gay because mm -hmm. your kid is not a boy you know so like those are the other things that we have to deconstruct because it's like yes your kid might be a member of the queer community and if they identify as queer that's totally cool and some members of the trans community are queer some of them are straight right like some of them identify mm -hmm. as like straight heterosexual people because they only date members of the opposite sex and like a trans person can just be can be just as straight as a straight person mm -hmm. You know, so like it's also like little things like that, like making sure that you know kind of what you're talking about because we've heard it before where a kiddo has like you kind of use an umbrella term for kids and they're like, well, that doesn't actually fit with me. Like we use mm -hmm. gay sometimes as an umbrella term, and we have one kiddo all the time that's like, me, yeah, why is everything so gay? And it's like, you're right, that umbrella term just doesn't fit for everybody, and we have to remember that too. So like well, that's yeah. That's the other thing is going back on like the queer thing is I get people be like, why can't we call it the gay community? And I'm like, cause I'm not gay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which is why you can't call it the queer community to some people because they're not mm. queer. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And we have kind of, I've noticed we use sex and gender interchangeably in a couple of times talking about this, which I'm sure is very, very confusing and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to change it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when we're talking about opposite sex or same gender or like things like that. Absolutely. Right. And like, yeah. Yeah. Right. See, even we have like terminology is so Language weird. Is I feel hard. like I feel like that's something we need to follow up on and be like, how like yeah. How do you fix that in your mind? You know? Mm. It's really hard. Practice. I guess probably. so. Probably. Hmm. Look at me being like, I should take a course. 
It's not how the world works, Kelsey. Language courses for all. <laughs> My dog is coming in. <laughs> oh, hello, Shadow. <laughs> oh, so that was that was a good conversation. I like talking about that because we people often, I think, like default to us to be able to explain these things to them. But I always find it empowering, and maybe this is my way of not being embarrassed, um, but I find it empowering when we trip over our responses a little bit because it's like, it kind of shows that we also don't always know the answer. Mm. Like, I have no idea what gender is. I don't know. I would love to tell you, I don't have one though. So somebody that has a gender, <laughs> mine's lost. <laughs> I don't know where it went. So like, you know, like what, what gender is to me is nothing. Well, that's the thing, right? It's so nebulous. And like, when you look at gender expression, it's just how you perform your identity to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And for some people that can change. Like I know for me, like I'll go through waves of like, sometimes I'm really, really like hyper femme. And then there's other times I'll be a little bit more mask and like, by the way, my I was talking to my mom this weekend and she thought when people said mask, it was like M-A-S-K. That's so like if you're talking about like a trans mask person, it was like someone like a trans person who hadn't come out yet. They were still like masked. Oh, interesting. Right. Or like a mask lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I explained it and now it, she's like, oh, my God, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so it's nebulous and hard to define, but they're all different things. Totally. Totally. And yes, they're complicated, but life is complicated. Catch up. It truly is. Yeah. And I love the whole thing of like, you finally figure out your sexuality or you think you do. And then it's like, hey, what's your, <laughs> like the gender crisis comes in? It's like, I don't even want to talk about this right now. I go through this every single day because I own dresses and I used to be anybody that knew me like a year ago, even. Um, I was significantly more like balanced in my gender expression. Like I was mm. femme and mask. I was both of those things at the same time. Since I started out loud, I have just taken on this persona that I feel like I can't like it's like stuck to me like a freaking really bad piece of velcro that's been sitting outside for like six years um and you can't get it apart because like I still have like my dresses and like my flowy pants and stuff and I really do love them but I'm like listen our kids once and if you're listening to me children this is all because of you no it's not it's because of my own internalized transphobia oh that um, I know what but, you're talking about yeah I went to work once in and it wasn't even that long ago but I didn't even have makeup on and I used to wear makeup all the time and I just had on jeans like wide leg jeans which are my favorite type of jeans um and a tank top and the kids told me that I looked too straight and it was really yeah, they were like they were like women's cut quote unquote women's cut like bell bottoms yeah like a frog tank top (laughs) and they were like you look too straight and I had my hair down which I almost always have my hair up so it made me extremely self-conscious and I have since then gotten dressed about 15 times every single morning because I'm like I don't actually know what to wear or how to wear it anymore because like it 
little comments like that, even from queer kids. I love yeah. kids to death. Like if it, if I didn't have internalized transphobia, I would, it would not have impacted me like that. So this is not about the kids. It's a hundred percent about me, but like sometimes those little comments, like you don't think anything about them, but they really impact people like forever. Yeah. That internalized like heteronormativity. Yeah. Um, yeah if you know someone's queer maybe don't make comments about them looking straight unless you know they're trying to go undercover for the day and it's like hell yeah you look straight yeah um yeah because that's like literally you want to talk about a queer person's worst nightmare it's that sentence why do you look so straight today it's like <laughs> yeah the only time it's okay to like comment on that kind of thing is like if say you have like a trans friend who's like trans mask and be like hell yeah you look real manly and they're like yeah yeah or like and like no you have to no- have a relationship right this will yeah. just be like yeah. somebody you like and like yes I have a relationship with these kids however still rude it was still it still impacted me and I'm still working through it so and this is this is what we talk about when we talk about gender being hit by the gender bus yeah because what is gender yeah but a social construct truly and what Becca likes to remind me, and to all of you non-Vino people out there that are going through it like me, non-binary people do not owe you androgyny. Hell yeah. So if I'm not androgynous, too friggin' bad. I can be non-binary <laughs> and femme. I can be non-binary and mask. I can be non-binary and a friggin' octopus. Like, you don't get to decide. Hell yeah. Ha! And on that note, uh, do you have a queer joy? Oh, geez. You go first, because I don't actually know if I do yet. I'll come up with one. Okay. Um, My queer joy is getting over COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Being less sick than I was last week. Um, We were planning on recording, and then I decided it would be cruel and unusual punishment to subject you to my COVID voice, Mm -hmm. because it was was rough, y'all. I was rough. I don't know. I joined a new D&D group that's like virtual over Discord. So that's super fun. How do you have any time to do anything aside from D&D? I mean, it's mostly on Saturdays. Good Lord. Jeez. I play a lot of it and I love it. Apparently. (laughs) And my dog came to say hi to me. So. Oh, that's pretty joyous. Yeah. How about you? Um, my queer joy. Oh God. I don't know. To be honest, I'll be honest with you. Um, since we are always open and vulnerable, I have been feeling a little bit burned out. Uh, I'm notorious for not taking a vacation. So my queer joy is that I, either by the end of this week or by the end of next week, I'm determined to book myself a vacation. Nice. And, like, it's not really queer joy, but it's more like queer accountability because please follow up and ensure I did that because self-care is extremely important. And it's actually so funny. You know, we had, a, I had a kid give me a pin and I added it to my hat and then just put the bag on my desk. And today I was cleaning up my desk before the podcast 
And I opened this bag to take the paper out and like throw it away in the recycling and then to put the bag in the garbage. And behind this paper that this pin came on, there was this little handwritten note. And it's obviously not from the kid. It's obviously from like the people that sell the pins. Yeah. But it says, when you get tired, learn to rest, not quit. Aww. And I was like, oh, sugar plum fairies, do I need that reminder right now? So I'm carrying it around with me all week to remind myself to take a break. So if you are hearing this and you're like, man, I'm tired, take a break. I promise to try really hard not to burn out loud down while you're gone. I have all the faith in the world. I mean, if I ha- if we haven't done it as a unit, I'm pretty sure having one less of us <laughs> will just cause more stability, if nothing else. That's fair, that's fair. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Yeah, be kind to yourself and others, and we'll see you next week. Bye, lovelies. Bye. Bye.